Question, is there a biblical explanation for why America has gone crazy in recent years? I'm Rick Walls. I want to talk about it. Deepen your faith. Disciple your family. Defend your freedom. Welcome to Rick Wiles Today. News analysis and commentary. Fresh Bible teaching about the kingdom of God. Preparing you to be remnant ready for the final day. Here is Rick Wiles. Well, this is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Hello, everybody. My name is Rick Wiles, and I want to tell you why I'm on television. I'm on television to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ is coming back for his one holy universal and apostolic church. And I'm here to encourage you to shine brightly, taste salty, and love everybody while we are still on this earth in these physical bodies waiting on the Lord Jesus Christ. If you have not been outside lately and looked around, I'll tell you something. The world has gone crazy. Insane madmen are running the world. Just look at what is normal in 2022. Casual talk of nuclear war with Russia. Transvestite drag queens indoctrinating elementary school children. Mass shootings in schools while police officers stand around for an hour listening to the gunshots. A feeble old president in the White House whose son's business partner is the former spy chief of communist China. COVID-19 vaccine software that are pharmaceutical operating systems injected into human bodies. Men wearing dresses and makeup and demanding to be treated as women. You don't think the world hasn't gone crazy? Tell me, what's your version of crazy? Draw me a picture and send it to me. I'd like to see it. There's no logical explanation for many things that are happening in the world. The decisions made by world leaders and trends among cultural and social influencers, such as government leaders and agencies and international corporations, the news media, universities, the entertainment media, scientists and political activists. People are saying, thinking and doing things that are bizarre. Things that were unthinkable a decade ago are now declared to be normal. Well, there's always been wickedness in the world since the fall of Adam and Eve, but never has there been wickedness at the level we are presently experiencing. Entire nations are falling away and being deceived. What explains the sudden burst of raw evil in the world? Well, I have a possible explanation and I would like you to consider it. I'm not dogmatic about it. I may be right, I may be wrong. All I'm asking is that you and I have a conversation about it and that you seriously consider the possibility that my theory is correct. Dr. Raymond Burkhardt is my co-host this week. He and I will talk this week about Revelation 9, Revelation 20, Joel 1 and Joel 2. We'll discuss the bottomless pit, the release of Satan from the abyss, and the similarities between Joel's vision of invading soldiers and 
John's vision of hybrid locust creatures from the abyss. Much of what Doc and I will discuss this week can be found in my book, Final Day, The Ten Characteristics of the Second Coming of Jesus Christ. Now, before I introduce Doc Burkhardt, I want to tell you about a dream I had when I was 24 years old. It was a dream about the end of the world. I know it came from God because it startled me so much that it eventually led to my salvation. I was 24 years old and a dope-smoking, tequila-drinking party boy. My parents were not Christians, but my grandparents were devout saints who loved the Lord. I did not own a Bible. I had never read the Bible, but I knew that my grandfather read the Holy Bible every day. I didn't understand why Granddad read the same book every day of his life. How many times can you read the same book and not get bored? I knew that there was something in that book that made my granddad come back to it every day. Well, I did not go to church at the time I had this dream. My grandfather used to take me to church when I was a child. It was a old German reformed church and I stopped going to church with him when I was 15 years old. And I remember the Sunday I quit going to church. It was Sunday, April 7, 1968. Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated in, in Memphis on April 4. And I was seated in a church pew with my granddad waiting for the church service to begin. And there were some men seated in the pew in front of us. And they were talking about the assassination of Dr. King. And one of the men said he was glad that Dr. King had been shot. As a teenager, I was shocked to hear men who claimed to be Christians laughing about the murder of a black Christian pastor. And as a 15-year-old, I made up my mind I would not go to that church again. That decision sent me off in the wrong direction, the wrong road of life, and I drifted away from the influence of my godly grandparents I started smoking dope and drinking liquor and running with boys doing things we should not have been doing. So be careful what you say in the ears of children and teenagers. Your words may drive them away from the Lord. Well, fast forward nine years, I was 24 years old, an experienced and highly competent sinner at the time. I wasn't an amateur sinner, I was a professional. I knew how to sin, and I was also married and the father of one child. My wife, Susan, had come under the Holy Spirit's conviction months earlier and had started attending a local church. And each Sunday morning, she asked me if I wanted to go to church with her. My answer always was, no, I have a hangover. I want to sleep in. That routine went on for about six months until one Sunday morning in the winter of 1978. I had a dream in the early hours of that Sunday before sunrise. I dreamed that I was in a vast underground tunnel. It was not a cave, it was a tunnel that had been made by somebody. There was a wide highway running through the tunnel. Some form of lighting on both sides of the tunnel illuminated the wide road. In that dream, I was standing off to one side, hidden in the darkness. And thousands of feet away, 
I saw hundreds of soldiers coming out of the darkness on both sides of the tunnel highway. They poured onto the paved lanes of the road that ran through the tunnel. And they were strapping on battle gear and getting ready for military action somewhere. There was a commanding officer shouting to them. His back was facing me and he did not notice me standing far behind him watching the unusual activity. Eventually, my curiosity compelled me to approach the soldiers to get a better look at what they were doing. As I walked toward the soldiers, the commanding officer continued to bark orders to them, and he was not aware that I was walking up behind him. The closer I got to the soldiers, I suddenly became aware that they were not humans. They had bodies like humans, a head, torso, arms, legs, but their faces were not human. They had long heads like horses. Their faces were like a hybrid animal, part human, part lion, part locust, with a, a head like a horse, a strange creature. I remember momentarily freezing in my tracks when I got an up-close look at the locust soldiers. Finally, I tapped the commanding officer on his shoulder and I asked him a question, what is going on here? And he whipped around and he peered into my eyes into this very day. I still remember his animal-like face and piercing eyes. He was so close to me. It was like a scene from a science fiction movie. He tilted his head and he stared into my eyes for a few seconds before speaking. The look on his face said he was puzzled that anybody would ask such a stupid, ridiculous question. Finally, the locust lion man said to me, have you never read the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ? The dream ended and I woke up and I was shaking and sweating. It was still dark. I never went back to sleep. When the sun came up that morning, my wife Susan woke up and asked me the same question she had always asked. Do you want to go to church with me today? Well, that Sunday I surprised her and I quickly said yes. Months later, June 11, 1978, my soul was saved by Jesus Christ and I was filled with the Holy Spirit that morning and I was baptized in a local creek that afternoon. I'm teaching today from chapter six of my book, Final Day, the 10 characteristics of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You can follow along with this TV Bible study lesson each day by reading the book to get a richer, deeper understanding of the glorious appearing of our blessed hope, Jesus Christ. And I would be very honored if you read my book. Now, I have a theory about why America and much of the world has just gone crazy in a very short period of time. It is based on a different interpretation of Revelation 20 than what most of you are used to hearing on Christian TV and radio shows. Now, I don't want to disparage what others are teaching. I simply have a different viewpoint. And my viewpoint is actually a very traditional viewpoint. It was the viewpoint that was taught in churches worldwide for 
about uh, 1,500 years or so. Uh, so it's not radically new. It's radically old. Yeah, so let's, uh, let's read Revelation 20, verses 1 through 3. And I saw an angel come down from heaven, having the key of the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold on the dragon, that old serpent, which is the devil and Satan, and bound him a thousand years and cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal upon him that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years should be fulfilled. And after that, he must be loosed a little season. Now, Revelation, as Revelation 20. Now, I don't have enough time today to do an in-depth teaching on Revelation 20's mention of a thousand years. I will only say this. I reject the doctrines taught by John Nelson Darby in Cyrus Schofield, and I accept St. Augustine's teaching that the thousand years is a metaphor for an unknown number of years between the first and second advents of Jesus Christ. It is the church age, and during this church age, Christ is reigning and ruling through his disciples, you and me on earth. Our assignment is to extend the borders of the kingdom of heaven to every corner of the earth. My explanation for the sudden burst of wickedness and insanity around the world, especially in Western countries, and in particular the USA, countries that used to be Christian like America. My explanation is that Revelation is Revelation 20, that Satan has been recently released from the bottomless pit, and we are quickly approaching the end of the age of mankind. Look, I'll save Revelation 20 for another day, another lesson. Today, in fact, the rest of this week, I want to teach on the bottomless pit and the locusts that come out of the pit. And again, you can follow along with this TV Bible study by reading my book, Final Day. My lessons today and tomorrow and the rest of this week are from chapter 6. His second coming shall be disruptive. Now, I need to bring Doc Burkhardt into this discussion. He and I will devote the rest of this week to talking about the abyss and the locust creatures in the abyss. So, Doc, good to be here. Rick. Glad to have you. We're going. We're just going to be uh, casual throughout this week. I, I'm, I, I'm basically just thrown away uh, any kind of a scripted program and. I just want you and I to talk. If it takes us a week, fine. If it takes us two weeks, okay? okay. I got to tell my audience, for those of you who are watching this, this is a new program for me. I've been doing uh, a daily program for 23 years called True News. And True News is a one-hour uh, news analysis program. But it, it's digital, all right? I, don't, I haven't done broadcast with True News, okay? We have done it on by streaming a digital format. So I was streaming in 1999. So I was right. a pioneer in audio streaming. Uh, the, the great thing about streaming is uh, you don't have any restrictions. You don't have any, you don't have any uh, rules. You, you can just do what you want to do. Okay? When you're on broadcast television, there are rules. There's formats. There's structure. There are rules that you have to adhere to. So we're limited to 28 minutes each day. And 
it's difficult for me. Um, so I just I want our audience to know I, I'm I'm um, I'm going to throw out a lot of the rules that I was told that I have to that this is the wise thing. This is the way you got to do things if you're going to be on Christian TV. If you're going to have a successful, pro I'm just not going to do it. I'm just going to be myself. I'm just going to be myself, Doc. I have to be myself within 28 minutes each day. Right? <laughs> so, so if this takes two weeks for us to get it all out, then it takes two weeks. If we get it done in three or four days, that's okay. Right? Uh, I, I'm just going to do the do this program the way I have been doing my ministry programs since 1999. Right? And, and I'm just, you know, I just I want our people to be blessed. I my desire is to teach the word. So, Doc, you've heard, yeah, go ahead. I want to ask you about your dream. Mm -hmm. uh, the dream that really led up to your salvation. At the time of your dream, did you have any kind of, you know, spiritual influence that would have prompted this kind of dream or anything in your life? At the Other time? than my grandparents were godly Christians. They they belonged to an old German Reformed church. But I had my whole family, I, you know, on both sides of my family were German Reformed. Uh, but my parents were not Christians. They didn't go to church. Right. I had no no influence from my parents whatsoever. Whatever I knew about God and religion came from my grandparents' generation and their, their you know, friends and relatives. Uh, um, so, you know, I didn't, I didn't have, I hadn't been in church since I was 15 years old. I walked out on that Sunday after Dr. King was killed because I heard that remark. You know, it was a horrible remark, you know. Um, and it just turned me off of religion. I remember saying, these people obviously don't know Jesus. I remember saying that as a 15-year-old. These people obviously don't know Jesus. What am I doing here? Right. So be careful what you say. Be careful what you say, because you might drive a youth away from the Lord. It may take a decade, two decades. That youth may never come back because of something careless that you have said in the, in the presence. But this dream, Doc, I was living... Like I said, a, a professional center. I wasn't an amateur, okay? I knew how You'd to, gone pro. I went pro. <laughs> and so there was nothing godly about me at all, okay? Uh, I, I lived for, the, I mean, I, I worked every day, you know. I, but nights and weekends, uh, I partied. I was a party boy. and um, So God really wasn't a factor in your life. No, but he started calling my name. I wasn't planning to do this. We we're not going to, hey, we're just going to do it the way that the Holy Spirit takes it, okay? Uh, forget the script. Forget the, the plan, okay? Let's just go with what the Holy Spirit's doing. Doc, before this dream, he, he started calling my name. What do you mean? Well, you know what? I can't say before. I've, you know, it's been a long time ago. It's 1978. Sometime around that dream, um, it could have been just before, it could have been just after. I don't recall. Oh, no, it had to be before because it made me go to church. The dream made me go to church. So before, before I had the dream, the Lord was calling my name. And I would uh, say on a Saturday night, I'd, I'd have uh, all my friends at my house drinking, all of our drinking buddies, uh, smoking dope, we're, you know, having a big party and having a great time. House is full of, of friends, and the marijuana smoke has filled the rooms, and there's liquor and everything. And I would hear 
my name. Rick. Just like that. Rick. And I knew that it came from outside. So how would you respond to that? I would just excuse myself. Nobody, everybody was so stoned and drunk they didn't even see me leaving. I <laughs> walk out of the house. I'd walk outside, go out on my porch, and they would look up at the sky, at the stars at night. I knew it came from the sky. I knew it. And I, I would say, who are you? You just called my name. Who are you? There's nothing. No answer. But I knew this voice came from the sky. Every time it happened, I sobered up. Immediately? Immediately. I, I would think a, a voice from the sky would probably sober up anyone. It, it ruined the party every time. <laughs> and I would go in and I'd tell my guys, friends, hey, party's over. No, 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 no. We're, no, party's over. I want to go to bed. Party's over. Get out. Go, on, go home. Okay? I just, I didn't want, instantly, I did not want to party anymore. And this went on. I can't, I can't say every week. I don't remember the frequency. I just remember it happened many times. And it would just, Rick, same thing. Got to go outside. Got to look. So finally got to the point, Doc. I was getting, I was starting to get frustrated. Okay? It's like, okay, you say my name. I walk outside, I look up in the sky, I say, what do you want? <laughs> Who are you? Okay. And, and this one time I said, identify yourself. I want to know your name. You say my name, you know my name. What's your name? That's how I talked. Doc, I actually, I remember thinking, this is a space alien talking to me. I was, I had no idea it was God. I'm thinking, this is a space alien. You were so far removed from God, you didn't yes. recognize his right. voice. Now, some people are saying, well, you were stoned and drunk. Yes, I was. But I sobered up every time it happened. And I knew this voice was coming from the sky above. And don't tell me that I was hallucinating. I wasn't. It made me not want to drink. It made me not want to smoke dope. And it made me want to know this entity's name. And this continued. And then the dream came. And then the dream came. So when you had the dream, did you, was your first response trying to figure out what the dream meant or were you just so overwhelmed by it that you, you had no context for, to even none, none. begin to understand? I had no idea. I had no idea. I just know what I saw. I can, I can see it today. If, if there was an artist here, Doc, I could, I could describe in detail the tunnel, the road, the lighting, the uh, creatures that came out of the darkness, the soldiers. I could describe the face of the commanding officer who said, have you not read the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ? I mean, it was like, it's like he was this far from me. And he had this long head. It was, it was a very long head, like a horse's head. And Again, part human, part lion, part log. It was like a, an unusual creature. It wasn't human. And his eyes were staring right at me. But I remember he tilted his head like he was. Like, are you an idiot? Or, hmm? no? I think or he like, was trying to um, size me up 
he gave me that look like he's trying to size me up like, what are you and why are you asking me this question? Why should, you should know. You should know, that was the look. That was the, that was the message in his voice. You should know what this is. Have you not read the book of the revelation of Jesus Christ? I didn't even have a Bible. How could I read it? The only person I knew with a Bible was my granddad. And, and so somehow it got me that morning. I went to church. And, um, you know, after that, you know, I just started going to church every week. And hey, guess what? Back then, that's 1978. Guess what preachers used to do in 1978? Had altar calls? They preached the gospel. <laughs> They preached the real gospel. They told me about hell. They told me about eternal life. They told me about the cross. I didn't hear any of this social justice stuff. I wasn't hearing anything about, about how to become wealthy. I wasn't hearing about a motivation and positive thinking. They told me sinners will go to hell and the righteous will spend eternity with God. And I heard the gospel week after week after week after week. And then finally in June. One day the word had gotten into me so much that I got saved. And I'll, I'll just tell you real quick. <laughs> I got two minutes here to tell you. It's like, so this is June 11, 1978. I went to church and my, the, pastor, the pastor said, it was a big old theater. And I'm sitting way in the back, 900-seat theater, old 1930s theater. Right. And the pastor said, we have a gift for you today. It's a free gift. This is a gift of the Holy Spirit. And if you would like this free gift, just stand up and raise your hand. Doc, I'm telling you, this. I did this. I stood up and raised my hand. I actually thought... They were going to give me a box. <laughs> wow. I thought, I'll take two. I'll take three. One for the wife and one for the kid, too. <laughs> okay? Honestly, folks, this is true. I honestly thought they were going to give me some type of wrapped present. And he said, it's a free gift. If you just come down here to the altar, you can receive this free gift. So I went marching down the altar. That's right. By faith, you were I received. did. I did. Long hair, scruffy jeans, you know. Man, I was a mess. I went marching down that, that aisle, going to get me a box. It's a free gift. I got down there, and bam, I came under conviction. I never knew I was a sinner. I didn't know what sin was. I felt conviction, and suddenly I knew it was unclean. I knew it was unclean, and I couldn't be in the presence of this being that was there. And I remember the only words I said was, make me clean. Make me clean. You've got to be clean. There's some of you, you're dirty. In the eyes of God, you've got to get cleaned up. He'll clean you. He'll clean you up. He'll clean me up. He'll clean you up. You just got to say, God, make me clean. You, you're not able to clean yourself. If you could, you'd do it. You're not able. I wasn't able. Just say to God, I'm dirty and I want to be clean. Clean me up and save my soul. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and write 
my name in the book of life. He'll do it, I promise. I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for watching Rick Wiles Today. Request your copy of Final Day by visiting rickwiles.com. This Gospel Godcast was sponsored by Christian brethren who are eagerly awaiting the final day when our Lord Jesus Christ returns to establish His kingdom that shall have no end.